0: Over the last year, the federal government has increased spending by 10 percent, but that is really nothing compared to the state of Texas. In this last legislative session, the Texas legislature appropriated state funds at an annual rate of growth of about 19 percent, almost twice the federal level. The Texas legislature also significantly increased government control of the Texas economy, and it continues to adopt policies that fail both the middle class and the poor. On this week's episode 139 of the Liberty Cafe, we are going to use the prophet Amos to shed some biblical truths on these policies and the general direction of Texas government. Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. This is Bill Peacock and welcome to the Liberty Cafe. It's such a blessing to have you here with me. Just every week that I'm I'm putting together the Liberty Cafe and thinking about what I'm going to say, I I get excited about it because I'm going to be able to, to speak with many of you and be able to share together our concerns and our hopes about how we can make Texas less oppressive and more liberty-minded, particularly from a biblical perspective. So thank you for joining me in in this effort. And also thanks to the folks over at Texas Scorecard. They're the sponsor of the Liberty Cafe. And I highly recommend you go over to TexasScorecard.com and take a look at what they can tell you and what you can learn about the fight for liberty here in Texas. Well, although it's not always been this way, using the Bible to provide insight into public policies is pretty controversial these days. It shouldn't be, but it is. For instance, Heather Rooks and Rebecca Hill are two members of the Peoria, Arizona, Unified School District Governing Board, and they were recently coerced into stopping their practice of quoting Bible verses during board meetings. Because as the school board wrote them a letter asking them to do this and the school board did this because they caved to demands from some group called the freedom from religion foundation of course when they say freedom from religion what they really mean is freedom from god and we'll talk a little bit more about that later but fortunately it looks like the uh, First Liberty Institute based here in Texas has been brought on board to help these two school board members protect their rights and I hope that we'll see more quotes from them in the future. So here's just two examples of uh, the quotes that these ladies uh, came up with. Uh, One is from um, Heather Brooks and she quoted Matthew 18 5 and 6. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. And here's another passage uh, from uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 5 that was cited by Miss Hill. So that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the God. You see, these seem pretty uncontroversial to me. But here's what the the Freedom of Religion said about the first one. They said that the passage from Matthew implied that individuals who lead people away from Jesus should be drowned. As if that's what Mrs. Rook's was in Mrs. Rook's mind when she was saying this. Of course, that's not what the passage uh, means. It it means that uh, people who lead children away from Jesus Christ and don't repent of it, are going to wish that they had been drowned because their fate is going to be much worse than that. But of course, this means nothing to people who don't believe that Jesus is the King and Lord of the universe and the creator of heaven and earth. And so they take it in, uh, in different ways. So from that perspective, the Freedom from Religion Foundation uh, wrote to the school district, While board members are free to promote their personal religious beliefs, however they wish in their personal capacities outside of the school board, as government officials, they cannot be allowed to commandeer the board in order to impose their personal religious beliefs on district students, parents, and employees. Of course, that's not what they're trying to do. What they are trying to do is take their personal religious beliefs and apply them to their jobs and how they believe a school board should operate. And they want to share those beliefs with others so that if others believe the same way or might come to believe the same way because they've heard uh, the words of God, that they might do the same thing. It's it's very clear what's going on here. But that's not enough for for this freedom from a religion group because they go on to say that they are confident that the district's request, so they sent this letter, and then the district sent a letter to the board members, basically telling them to cease and desist. And so the Freedom from Religious group said, they are confident that the district's request to Rooks is consistent with upholding the board's constitutional duties under the U.S. Constitution's mandate of government neutrality between religion and religion, and between religion and non-religion. Of course, there's nothing like that in the United States Constitution. There's no such clause or direction or mandate in there. Rather, well, let's go look and see what the First Amendment says, or at least a portion that is relevant here. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. That's all. That's all there is. So that means as long as the Peoria Unified School District does not mandate that its teachers or its students or citizens under their jurisdiction belong to a certain church, they have not violated the first clause of the First Amendment. But what's really going on here is that they are getting very close to violating, if probably they already have, as a matter of fact, violating the second clause of the First Amendment that prohibits the free exercise of religion. And they've done that by attempting to silence their board members in the exercise of their religion. But I'm confident that the great people at the First Liberty Institute will rectify this problem. It's clearly un- unconstitutional what they're trying to do here. I'm glad that these board members have taken a step back and are talking to their council, But i'm pretty sure that first liberty will deal with this problem if you don't know them i'd really go over to their website the first liberty institute's based here in texas and they do great job here in texas and around the country in protecting people's religious freedoms but the good news here of course for the purposes of our podcast today is that i'm not a government employee i mean i used to be i worked for the state of texas for almost 10 years but I'm not anymore. So I'm not an employee. I'm not an agent of the government. So I can use the Bible to critique Texas government all I want. So that's what we're going to do here today. At least that's what we're going to do partially today because this is going to be a two-part series. I'm going to, going to lay the foundation here. And then next week we're going to actually apply specific passages of the Bible to what's going on in Texas government today. So what we're going to do this with the prophet Amos. Uh, he, the Bible critiques the leaders of Israel, critiques the leaders of Judah. You know, there was a combined, there was one kingdom of Israel and then through the rebellion of David and his, the sin of David and his son Solomon and his son Jeroboam, the Rehoboam, excuse me, uh, the Israel was split between the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of of Judah. The northern kingdom became apostate very quickly and stayed that way for most of the time. The southern kingdom always had a descendant of David on the throne, which was very important because God had promised David that that would always occur, continue to occur. And of course, the ultimate descendant of David who would appear on the throne of David was Jesus Christ. We're not quite going that far today, but that's the setup between Israel and Judea. And so Amos lived about 790 to 740 uh, B.C. That, that was after the split of, between Judea and Israel. And it was about the same time, actually, that the city of Rome was established. He was from the southern kingdom of Judea, but he prophesied largely to the northern kingdom of Israel. So the, the times seem good at Israel at this particular time. But the problem there, they may have been wealthy and secure for the time being, but the problem was that the leaders of Israel and the people of Israel were disobeying God. And so Amos came and testified, prophesied to the people of Israel and its leaders, to the disaster that was heading their way, unless they repented and turned back to God. And of course, as we know in history, they did, that did not happen. They did not repent of their sins. And thus, Israel was overrun by the Assyrians, and its people were taken off into exile, into captivity, shortly after the death of Amos. So in Amos 5, God speaks to Israel through Amos and to call them back to him. He says, for instance, seek me and live. And he says, Seek the Lord and live. So many today might dismiss this call to Israel um, over 2,000 years ago. Just dismiss it entirely because they don't see that as a calling to Texas and the United States to seek the Lord today at least when it comes from a government perspective. Of course, um, those who don't believe in God would dismiss this entirely. But, but even many Christians today might dismiss it because they, they, they see that the demands and laws in the Old Testament were particular to the special nation of Israel and really just don't apply uh, to government today. But, but I'd suggest that this is simply not the case. No matter what we may believe, no matter what country we live in, no matter what century we live in, God is our creator and he is the ruler of the entire universe. He created us, he created the entire world. And thus, because of this fact, we are obliged, obligated to obey him in everything that we do. And this isn't just about personal piety. Yes walking in obedience to god and even more importantly trusting in jesus christ for those times when we don't and his work in us is very important but but we're also required to obey god in the way we interact with others which includes not just our personal interactions but includes the laws under which our governments govern our interactions whether they be Laws about economics and markets or criminal justice, civil justice, all those different types of things. We have to obey God's laws no matter where, what aspect of our lives we're thinking about. And that leads to the point that if our actions and our laws are rebellious in the sight of God, we're in trouble. And that means we are in trouble individually and also collectively both as leaders in government and as citizens who are responsible for electing our leaders. Well, I think that's a good place for us to stop today. We're not going to go into the, the passage, Amos 5, and apply that to Texas government today. We'll do that next week because my main goal today was just to make the case that the Bible is the best source for judging the laws and public policies of the state of Texas and the United States and for all governments. Again, as i said before, I know this is controversial, but it really shouldn't be. I mean, think about it this way. The Bible is the book that contains the laws given to us by God, who was the original lawgiver. I mean, why wouldn't we want to learn from him? Our creator, the original lawgiver about how we are supposed to act and interact with each other? Well, of course, the answer to that is really simple. People want to reject God's laws because they want to reject him. People don't want to obey him because they were in rebellion against him. They want to take his throne away from him and sit in it themselves. You know, this concept is nothing new. It's clearly spelled out in Psalm 2. Let me read this to you. The first three verses. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. We, collectively as people, want to be free from God's commandments, his laws, and his will, because we think we have a better path forward for ourselves. We, we want to be autonomous and free from control from the outside in our natural state. But the good news is that we, they, the people in rebellion against God, and the people who used to be in rebellion against God, will not be successful. Because Psalm 2 further tells us, and I'll read that here as well, he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. So, those, and this is again all of us, who want to rebel against God will fail in that rebellion. Now, there's two ways that will happen, right? One is that we will fail in that rebellion and be punished eternally for it. The other way is that we will fail in that rebellion because we will become God's loyal subjects, not because we obey him perfectly all the time, but because of this better news, right? The the better news that king, that God, the king that God has set on his holy hill is his son, Jesus Christ. And as Romans 10 tells us, If we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Which means each of us can be saved from a rebellion against the lordship of Jesus Christ. And this is true whether we are rebellious citizens or rebellious rulers. So next week on the Liberty Cafe, we're going to look at some passages out of Amos 5 that will help us conform our government and our own lives to the laws and the will of God of God. Well, thank you once again for joining me on this week's Liberty Cafe, and thanks once again also to our sponsors of the Liberty thank Cafe. Thank you for listening to the Texas Liberty Cafe Scorecard. with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate the show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.